0: Hey there, y'all. It's me, Casey Alexis. But before we get into the actual episode, I wanted to record this really quick introduction in regards to why I'm releasing this particular episode on the Being Eve podcast. Y'all, this is actually a Being Eve prayer room session that took place last week, Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. I was actually compelled prior to even having the prayer room session to record it. Now, Now, if you've been in a prayer room before, if you've ever experienced the prayer room at all, you know that I don't normally record the prayer room sessions because I truly want to protect that space, ensuring that the women know that they can come in there, be vulnerable, let their hair down, and really just have a time and a space together in the community without having to worry about um, information getting out into the internet streets, right? And so I, I definitely had the women know that this was going to be recorded. I definitely feel this is a now word for the body of Christ, which is why I am so animate about releasing this episode. I also wanted to give you guys a heads up. Unfortunately, I had my mic, my professional mic set up to record this episode because like I said, I already knew that this was going to be recorded and released. But unfortunately, my computer did not pick it up. So most of the entire recording is done with my AirPod Pro. And it Some of my sound was off um, in regards to going in and out throughout the recording, but it's still definitely listenable i wouldn't have released it if it wasn't so definitely go through it right don't let the audio bother you to the point where you don't actually listen to it it is so imperative y'all for you to listen and glean get your bible get your journal take notes because this will definitely impact your prayer life it will bring it to a whole nother level because it did for me and so i want to share this out to as much people as i can um definitely share it with as many people as you know after you listen to it. I believe definitely God has a word for you in it. So God bless you. God bless you. And I will talk to you guys soon. And ladies, see you in the prayer room this Thursday night at 9 p.m. Welcome to Being Eve. I'm your host, Casey Alexis, and this podcast is designed for the everyday woman who seeks to do more than just survive. You want to thrive. The goal is to inspire, empower, and encourage you as you find commonalities within my story and the stories of some extraordinary guests. Join me as we dive into this brand new episode. I'm
1: just going to get right into it. I'm reporting because I do believe this is a word for even the people that didn't come on tonight um that I'm eventually going to share it out and just um allow them to hopefully listen to it and be blessed by it because I do think it's a call it's a call from the heart of God for us as a whole for the body of Christ collectively. I'm excited to jump into it. So, I was in prayer hmm. about Something completely different. I was just praying to God and stuff and just talking to Him. And then I went into, of course, um, praying in the Spirit. Um, and then from, I think I sent out an email that Thursday about distractions. I don't know if anybody got that email, but it was about tuning out distractions. And I was repenting in regards to that to God on how we could get caught up with, with distractions. I had just also finished school. So I had a lot of time on my hands. I wasn't leading, right? I wasn't leading. I, I didn't have to do a lot of preparation like I normally have to do in, in the prayer closet, notes, Bibles. I have, I, I didn't have to do any of that. And then I was out of school. So I had a lot of free time, y'all. You have a lot of free time on your hands. Just like that saying, goes: I don't mind, is the devil's playground. Let me tell y'all, sister was getting into some things, not bad things, but wasted things, wasted time. And I remember as I was really paying attention, when I finally started to pay attention, like Casey, you're wasting so much time. You're so distracted. You have all this time, but you're not even resting properly because God could call you to rest, right? In the time that he's given you off and you don't even rest. Properly, you're not even resting in Him. You're resting in nonsense, right? In the wasted time, I started repenting as I just started to sit down and talk to God about how much time I wasted. I'm like, Lord, I repent. I got so distracted in these three weeks. I started just focusing on things that had no business focusing on and doing. And so, in His goodness and in His mercy, as I'm repenting and I'm talking to Him about it, guys, I quickly saw a vision, and in the vision. There's this large table, large table, and the table is so beautiful, the most beautiful table I've ever seen. And every there's seats there, and there's uh, table setting. You know how when you, when you go into a dining room, it's set for people to sit and eat. So all the utensils, all that stuff is there. Jesus is at the head of the table. Don't ask me how he looks like. I can't even describe to you all of that. But Jesus is at the head of the table, beautiful table, at the place setting where I'm coming to, I see my name. And the Holy Spirit begins to show me that this is what we miss. This is what we miss when we don't pray. This is what we miss when we get distracted by the things of the world, when we get distracted with foolishness. We miss the opportunity. To sit at the master's table with the King of Glory. My name was there. I didn't get to see and you know who was who else and what else was going on. I, I just the Holy Spirit just zoomed me in at my place setting. But there were so many other places. It was a, the most biggest table I've ever seen. That means other people are supposed to be there with me, right? We're all supposed to be there. And sometimes life gets us so distracted that we don't pray. And we don't get to sit with the master. He's literally calling us to this table. The Holy Spirit tells me the great banquet, the great banquet. So I'm like the great banquet. Now, I've I've heard that term before because of, of course, scripture, but I didn't remember the story. So I went to the story, the great banquet, and it's a parable that Jesus was telling the, um, the people. So if everyone could just go to Luke 14, Luke 14 verses 15 to 23. Luke 14 verses 15 to 23. And so here's Jesus in this parable, the great banquet at a, at a dinner. He's sitting down at a dinner when he's talking about this banquet. And one of those who were reclined at the table with him heard jesus talking right so jesus is talking about something and he says blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of god that's how he starts out in verse 15 he says uh, well a little bit into verse 15 blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of god but he said to him a man once gave a great banquet and invited many And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servants to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Please have me be excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, sir, what you commanded has been done. And still there is room. And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my father's house, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. And so after I read that, I understood the vision much more clearly. Here is God inviting us through prayer to come and sit at the banquet table with him so that he can pour out on us everything that we need in order to be sustained in this thing called life but a lot of times because of life right the very things he's trying to give us to feed us right that bread that he's so desperately trying to give us because of life we don't show up And everyone, if you read through the parable, they started giving him excuses about life. Oh, I got this to do. I can't come. You know, I bought a field. I can't come because of my business. I can't pray because of my business. I can't pray because of my children. I can't pray because of family. I can't pray because of marriage. One person said, I got married. The very thing that God gives us, we're, not, we're now saying, I can't pray, God, because I got all those things that I have to do. All distractions. And the Bible doesn't call them distractions. He calls them excuses. Excuses. Here is the master calling us to the table. Our names is at this table. Christ is literally there seated at the table, ready to pour into us everything that we need to sustain us. And we don't show up. And as he began to just reveal those things to me, just like, Father, forgive me. Forgive me for every time you were sitting there waiting for me and I didn't show up. Every time you were sitting there wanting to help me and pour into me, I didn't come. And you know, it's so funny how in verse 15, Jesus says, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. And we know that when he was wrestling with the enemy, one of the key verses that he repeats back to the devil is man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word of God is our bread of life. And Jesus calls himself that, right? I am the bread of life. It's our bread. And a lot of times we get so distracted by the chaos of this world and the chaos in our lives. We don't eat the bread. And that bread is exactly what we need to be eating to sustain us, not even during times of trouble, but just to sustain us, period, to endure and persevere in this thing called life. And then we don't show up. I said, Father God, forgive me. Forgive me. He even says in the our father, he says, give us this day our daily bread. And you know, I was thinking about all the times right throughout scripture, we see the father feeding his children. The father fed the people of Israel manna, which was bread from heaven. How many times have we thought in scripture when when the Lord will come and sit and eat with his children? We saw it with Abraham. When he sat and had a meal with him, we saw it in um, Gideon, right? We see it in so many different times. Christ sat and ate with people all the time. We see it at the communion table with the disciples. He desires to sit with us and eat with us. And the place, the table is also a place where covenant is formed. Covenant. Is made at the table. That's why we don't sit and eat with everybody, right? Because not everybody is worthy to even sit and eat with. Dining at the table is such a, a personal thing, a connecting thing. You sit and eat with somebody, you break you breaking bread with them. You don't sit and break bread with just any stranger. And here God is calling us to his table as his children, and he's saying, Come, come and eat with me. Come and Sit with me, come and have communion with me. And when you think about the communion, what is communion? What is communion? When Christ broke the bread and gave the wine, he said, Do this in remembrance of me. I thought to to think, like, okay, Lord, I understand we take communion on on Sundays, right? Or, you know, once a month or however time, how much time that they may do it in church, or you even may take communion at home, right? But I was like, well, why did you say do this in remembrance of me? And then it finally clicked in the context of what we're talking about today. When he said do this in remembrance of me, it's for us to remember what allows us to come to the table. If it was not for the, the breaking of his body and the shedding of his blood, we would not be invited to the table. We would not have access to the table. And so when we do communion, it's a reminder. Remember what has now given you access to this table, the covenant. Remember the covenant that my father and I made together so that you can now come boldly before the throne of grace and have access to my father's table so that he can give you the bread that you need to be sustained to persevere and to endure whatever trial comes your way or just life in general, right? Because we know that we absolutely need the giver of life to do this thing called life. We've all done life without Christ and it was ghetto. (laughs) We've all done life without Christ and it was burdensome. It was hard. It was harsh. We lost so much, right? If you start to think about how much years did I lose when I was in in Christ, how much things that I lost my body, borderline lost my mind, you know, I gave my body away, I did all these miserable things, I laid down with people I should have never laid down with, all these things that I did because I did not have the king of glory. And now he's calling me because I now have him. I have access to him 24-7 and I'm allowing these other things to pull me away from the table and every single one of our names are at this table. The only way your name won't be at this table is if you decide to block your own name out, the Lamb's Book of Life, and say, I don't want to be at this table. But everybody's names are at this table. That's why he said many are called. We've all been invited. And that's just the goodness of God. And, you know, the communion that we have with him is something that he desired from the very beginning. We know this with Adam and Eve, right? He walked with Adam and Eve. He walked with them in the garden. As a matter of fact, the very first thing that the devil wanted to do was to disconnect the communion. If I could cut them off from communion with God, I don't. If I can stop them from sitting at his table, i got it. And it's so funny, just now the Holy Spirit's hitting me with this. What got Adam and Eve was the fruit, right? It was something that they had to eat. You see how we, food is so much, it's so powerful. We don't even realize how powerful food is, right? When you think about it, food provides your sustenance. Without a proper meal, your body doesn't get the proper nutrients. Without the food breaks down within your system and actually goes into your blood that serves your organs. You see how, when we think about what God has said, come to the table, I want to give you a meal, I want to provide your sustenance, how that impacts who you are. So if I can break their communion with God, I can impact who they are. I can now tell them lies. I can feed them garbage. I can tell them you're not a child of God. I can tell them you're You're not designed to do this. I can tell them they're weak. I can tell them they're not smart. I can tell them they weren't born to do this. I can tell them that they are born for something else. I can distract them all by feeding them a different meal, all by feeding them something they were never designed to eat. And he mastered that. And he masters it to this day. If I can just keep Tori from communion, if I can keep Ruth from communion, if I can keep Casey from communion, if I can keep Aquila from communion, I can keep them from sitting at the table with God and getting everything that they need in order to be sustained, in order to be made into the image and likeness of God. And so we know that that is so true because one of the biggest things, right, we can probably all attest to is that when we sin, oh, Ruth, you have a question? Go ahead and unmute yourself.
0: I was just going to add, it's like um, what you were saying about the food, how powerful food is. It's like when we fast and we don't eat and we get closer to the Lord and we can hear him clearer because we're not eating, we're starving our bodies. Amen.
1: And, and we're starving our body to sit at the what? Table. The table. To sit at the table, to hear more, to get more, to get that bread of life. Thank you for saying that, my God. Thank you, Lord. So after he broke their communion with God, right, what was the first thing the Bible says Adam and Eve did? They hid. And when we get caught up in sin, right, and the enemy gets us to break our communion with God, to not sit at the table, the first thing we do is move further away from God. We stop praying because we're like, oh, Lord, I'm not worthy. All that stuff, the devil wants us to believe, so we don't sit at the table. So that we don't hear his voice and hear there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for those who don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So that means that even for me to be even convicted of that sin means I'm walking with the Lord because those who don't walk with the Lord don't get convicted. So the fact that I sinned and felt something, that means I'm walking with him. So there's no condemnation in that. I just have to repent and sit my tail right back at the table with my father where I belong. But a lot of times that's what the enemy does. Let them break communion and then have them so grieved in condemnation, they never come back to the the table. So the Lord is calling us all up, y'all. And I want you guys to just go really quickly to Revelation, Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter four. Let me see if I can find it really quick. Revelation chapter four, uh, verses one to three. It says, after this, this is now John, who is literally praying, and he has a vision of the throne room. And he says, after this, I look and behold a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet says, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. So God is calling us right to the throne room. He's calling us to sit at his table Right and hear from him. One of the stories that I'm reminded of right now, and I didn't have it in my notes, was Mary and Martha. This is a perfect example of that. Mary was sitting at his feet while Martha was cooking and doing and stuff like that. Martha's like, Jesus, tell Mary, you know, come help us this out. He's like, No, Mary chose the better place, and that's with him sitting. And she, even though you were you were doing something good too. Right, you were you were getting things prepared. You were helping because you were eventually going to feed me. But Mary, she's deciding to eat now, and the food that she's chosen to eat at my feet is better. Is better, and so a lot of times we get so caught up with life. Oh, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. I gotta do even in serving in the church. We could get so caught up in serving. I gotta do this. I gotta do. That. I gotta do this. I gotta do We forget the better seat, the greatest seat to serve first is to serve myself at the feet of Jesus, at the table that he's called me to, so I can serve my church, my family, and much better. Because now I'm not doing it from a place of obligation, I'm doing it from a place of love, honor, reverence. For my father in heaven because i know when i'm serving you i'm not serving just you i'm serving my father in heaven so uh going to matthew chapter 18 really quickly matthew chapter 18 the bible says truly i say to you and here's why i'm bringing this up right before we go into the actual uh verse itself is because there were plenty of seats at this table Akwila, I'm sorry, I I was sharing a vision that I had with the ladies during a time of prayer where I saw a large table and at the table um, was plenty of seats. It was, the, it was the biggest table I've ever seen. It was so beautiful. I've never seen a table so beautiful in my life. There were place settings at the table, plates at the table, um, as if a dinner, right, was being served. And at the table was Christ at the table. And at the table and on the place setting was my name. So I was just sharing, I'm sharing everything based upon this vision God gave me during prayer time. And so at this table, y'all, were plenty of seats. So that means there was to be all of us. We're all invited. We're all called to come. And so in this, the Holy Spirit began to show me why corporate prayer is also very powerful. And we don't take full advantage of corporate prayer. Yes, God wants to sit with you by Himself, but there's so much power. When we come as a corporate body praying before the heavenly father, there's so much power. Sorry, someone's trying to come into the room. There's so much power coming before God corporately one to another. And so uh, when we go to Matthew chapter 18, it says, truly I say to you, Matthew 18 verse 18, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything, I want you guys to underline that. It says, if two of you agree on earth about anything, they ask it will be done for them by my father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Wow, we're missing out on so much with corporate prayer. We just be travailing and sweating in the upper room by ourselves, pleading with God when we can get another brother or sister in Christ, our spouse, right, who's there, right, and just gather together and begin to cry out to God. And He says, when you come into agreement about anything, it will be done. So here's this large table that God is corporately inviting us to, right? And the great banquet, He's sending out invitations. To many people, and we're all giving God excuses of why we can't gather. Why we can't come on the prayer room on Thursday nights at night. Why we can't gather. Oh God, I gotta do this. Uh, The kids are not up. Oh, structure yourselves. If God is telling you, I'm inviting you. I've made a way out of no way. I gave my son the greatest gift that I can give so that you can now come boldly before the throne of grace. And you don't even have to come by yourself, come with a group. And y'all ask anything in my name and I will answer and I will give it to you. What are we missing out on as the body of Christ? What are we losing, not coming to sit at this table? What are we not accessing, not coming to sit at this table that God is inviting us to? And now, here's what we're losing because the Bible tells us what we have access to when we enter the throne room of God. The Bible is clear on it. He tells John in Revelation chapter one, in Revelation chapter four, verse one, what we just read to three, he says, Come up here. This is what God is telling us. That's an invitation. Come up here. Sit at my table. So I can give you the bread of life that will sustain you, keep you, prepare you, feed you, make you strong. Think about Daniel, right? Daniel was offered in Babylon all of these streets. Daniel said, eh, eh, I want none of them. And Although Daniel wasn't eating the meats and this and all the rich foods, he was actually, him, Sadrach, Meshach, they were actually the most strongest out of all the men that were speaking. They were sustaining themselves with something much greater and something much bigger than what they could eat, physically eat from the things of this world. So here we are, and I want us to go to Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 4. And I'm going somewhere with this eventually, but I got to give y'all a lot of word. We got to at scripture, y'all, because the scripture is what feeds us and keeps us strong, right? I know we want to get into prayer, but without the, the foundational structures of scripture, you know, you're just going to be praying thin, thin air, you know? The word is what gives life. So we go to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16. It says, Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who, in every respect, has been tempted as we are, yet Without sin, let us then with confidence. He says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So let's underline that. In verses 16, let's underline that. Let us then with confidence. How do we know we can have confidence going into the throne room? because we know what Christ paid for us to have access to that throne. We know he paid with his body. We know he paid with his blood. There was a covenant that was made because of the crucifixion so that I can come boldly. I can come with confidence to the throne room of God and know that I will find grace and mercy in my time of need. So really quickly, Y'all just shout it out or raise your hand in the comments uh, in in the chat section. Where is the throne room of God? Amen. That's where we pray. That's where we surrender. Amen.
2: I'm sorry. I couldn't. I was trying to unmute my mic. It wouldn't let me unmute it. I'm telling you, Zoom is zooming. so we know that the throne room, yes, as far as us being able to come in and and pray, but also, I mean, from a physical earthly realm, or are we talking spiritual because we're in revelation and stuff? So that's why I was like, I'm not sure exactly how you want me to answer. Really fitting to dive us yeah. deep now, honey. Um, <laughs> because it's like, there is a yes and a no in, the, in that sense, as yes. far as, there is, you know, from a spiritual, you know, sense. So it's yes. very much existing beyond our time because god is in time so if we're talking about his throne room he it doesn't exist here because he is outside of time so let's say there's so many different dimensions we could dive into with that so okay yeah.
1: so that, to make it really simple thank you kind of yeah
2: out, where <laughs> does the
1: our father say out in the throne room of god is located
2: in heaven yeah because
1: the throne in room is in heaven and we could touch it we could tap
0: into mm-hmm. it prayer in the spirit just like john right amen
1: so the throne room of god is in heaven who is on the throne jesus we we know that is god definitely god and we know that jesus is standing at where his right right hand right so god is on the throne jesus is there who has access to the throne room we do yeah well the holy spirit so that part. The Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Akilah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. You said we, that too. Yeah. Okay. The Holy Spirit. Oh, check. You know, and through the Holy Spirit, what, what happens? We tap into it. We tap into it. We tap into it. Good job, guys. Good job. We know that if we have that access, we can come in at any time, 24 7. What's the only thing that can block? Well, there's multiple things, but what's the only thing that can block our access? To the throne room, sin. Sin. sin is a major thing that can block our access to the throne room of God. Okay, the Bible tells us there are seven spirits that are located in the throne room that surround the throne room, and we see that in Isaiah chapter eleven. If you go to Isaiah chapter eleven, verse two to three, it says there are seven spirits in the throne room. I want. This is important now because this is where a lot of us, unfortunately, because we don't sit and wait and hear and just pursue God with uh, with intention and expectation, we miss out on this on the goodness of God and His wanting, His desiring, right, to feed us the bread of life. He's calling us up. He's calling us to this table. So there are seven spirits. From Isaiah chapter 11, verses two to three, we see it. The first one is the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord. And that spirit of the Lord is what reveals who God is. He is Jehovah, He is the one, the existing one. That spirit reveals Him. The second one is the spirit of wisdom, that's where we get the revelation on how to have skill in war, battle, wisdom in administration, right? And in in its entirety comes from that spirit. The third spirit is the spirit of understanding. That's where we get the revelation of discernment. How do we discern? The, The fourth one is the spirit of counsel. This is all there in the book of Isaiah. That's where we get advice, purpose. Counsel. The fifth spirit is the spirit of knowledge. That's where we get. Perception, understanding, skill, discernment, wisdom, all that is boiled up, right? In knowledge. And the Bible says my people perish due to the lack of knowledge. The spirit of might. That's where we get strength, bravery, valor. When the Bible says uh, David was a man of valor, right? He had the spirit of might. That's where we get the spirit of the fear of the Lord, where we honor him, fear him, reverence him, his awesomeness. Wow, my God. The respect for God, piety. All of these spirits, the Bible says, is in the throne room of God. So if God is calling us to the table to access his throne, I have access to all of these things. I have access to these. Seven spirits, I have set to attain wisdom, knowledge, might, fear of the Lord, understanding, counsel. So when I'm confused about something, God, and I don't really know what to do. Father, God, I come before you with expectation and desire to hear from the spirit of counsel on this situation. Father, I'm lacking understanding of what's going on in my life. I'm coming before you now for the spirit of understanding in regards to this area father i'm 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 weak i need your strength so when we come boldly before the throne of grace in confidence right we like to repeat all of these scriptures because we remember them but we really don't understand what we're asking god and because we lack the understanding we can't pull what we need to pull from the throne room We can't get what we need to get. And so when we go before the throne room of God, the Lord is telling us, come, eat, sit at my table. My expectation is when I sit at the table, I'm going to eat. I get to eat something from those seven spirits, whatever my heart desires. When I'm coming to the table of the Lord with my brothers and sisters in Christ, we're coming to eat and fellowship with God at the table. We're coming in agreement seeking the will of the father on these things and he's ready and willing to provide and give the and give the bread of life when he was feeding the children of israel in the wilderness he told them what time manna was coming and god is so good he gives a fresh word you don't get stale bread from the throne room when you sit at the table of god He's going to pour into you what you need that's going to sustain you. And when you come back, you think he's going to give you old stale bread again? It's going to be fresh new revelation that's going to sustain you and keep you, that's going to set you ablaze and on fire because he wants you to bring other people at the table. Extend that invitation. It's so hard for us sometimes to extend the invitation to others to come to the table when we ourselves are stale. And we haven't been at the table. We don't have the strength. We don't have the power. How do you want to bring other people to the table you ain't got? It. You're malnourished. You look like one of those children that you know how when they used to see the children uh, on, on, the, on the television with the flags on their stuff like that because they're so malnourished. Their belly was so extended. That's us as believers when we don't connect with God, we don't connect with him. We're so weak. It's so hard to pull another brother, sister in Christ during that time of need when you yourself haven't been sitting at the master's table to eat and fellowship with him and to eat the bread of life that sustains you and keeps you. We need to be at the table. We need to be at the table. and We don't need to be at the table alone. We need to bring others to the table. Because the more you surround yourself with people who sit at the table, the stronger you all will be. The stronger you all will be. Can you imagine now if you're the only one that sits at the table with your family? You're the only one in your family that sits at the table. How hard is it now when you're going through something and there's nobody to the left of you or to the right of you that you can say, that they can pull you and say, come, sister so and so, come, brother so and so, come sit at this table? come get the necessary sustenance that you eat at that you need at the master's table come eat the bread of life we need to be at this table we need to be sitting down at the feet of the father at the table sitting at the place that he has set aside for us with our names on it calling us to this table to be in to get what we need to endure because we're going to go through things jesus said it out of his own mouth He says, in this life, you will have trouble. But then he says, don't worry about it because I've overcome it. How do you overcome it if you never sit with the overcomer? And he wants you to sit at the table so he can feed you the bread of life on how to overcome. But the enemy has trapped you in a box so well that you think that, I don't got the strength to to say, you have no choice to say that. The enemy wants for you not to sit at this table so he can steal, kill, and destroy you. And not just still kill, and destroy you, but still kill, and destroy your entire family, your entire purpose. And you know with your purpose, there's thousands of people attached to you because your life is not your own. The book of James talks about that, right? When we're going through trials and tribulations, when we're going through things,
2: Front of you, yeah, consider uh, James one, consider it nothing but joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Is that where you were trying to go? Yes. And I think and what, it's also in Colossians, as far as um, yeah, count it all joy. I want to say that's the same context. Uh Paul mentions it as well to the church of Colossae. I want to say that's true. Amen. Uh, yeah,
1: amen. And when it says that for various kinds, right, it says. For that is what for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness Mm -hmm. and that let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete like nothing do you remember that verse that i read about the great banquet right when all the people that he was inviting started to turn him down he then started to invite the poor the lame that's why he allows a breaking and a shaking and a pruning, because nobody would come to that table if everything is good. Yeah. He allows it to happen because we need sometimes awakening. an awakening, awakening to like, no, come sit at this table. You're you're living life. You do. So he went out for the poor, the sick, the lame. That's why sometimes God allows certain things to 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 touch your life. Mm-hmm. And I was sharing this with the children the other day in regards to Job. He was ransacked. He was, like, his children, his his all of it. Then he says, I thought I knew you. This is Job. I thought I knew you. Now I know you. Because why? He began to sit at the table. Things was not right. Throughout the whole Job, you hear prayer, 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 prayer. Because it's like, look, some not right, some not right. He began to sit at the master's table. And then the more you sit at the master's table, and that was my pride that day when he gave me that vision that I shared with you earlier. I said to the father, I said, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that my relationship grows with you to the point where you don't have to let the enemy, where you don't have to allow the enemy to touch any area of my life to come sit with you. Just because I desire to sit with you, I will sit with you. I miss you, so I come and sit with you. Let let us all get to that point in our relationship with the father. My day doesn't feel like a day if I don't sit with my dad. That I miss him so much that my heart begins to bleed. That I miss him so much that I can't even breathe. I gotta go sit in the throne room. I I can't even think I need to be in the presence of my father. Let us all get to that place in our relationship with the Lord, that it doesn't have to be a trial or a tribulation that brings us to our knees. That Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, that I'll just get on my knees in pure reverence of you. In holiness and in all of you, let us all get to that place, not just by ourselves, but together as a community in the mighty name of Jesus. That's why Jesus prayed often. If you read the scriptures, he went and prayed all the time. He knew that he could not do this thing, having the most mediocre relationship with God and just praying and talking to God, if and when, time allowed, right? But he prayed and he spoke to him constantly. It was his breath of life. It was everything that he needed and more. And we saw glimpses of that even in the Garden of Gethsemane. He pulled on the spirit of might. When he was praying, he cried out to God, for not my will, but your will be done. He pulled on the spirit of might to get the he needed to endure and persevere the cross. And so I pray in the name of Jesus that we begin to cry out to God in prayer, not just on our own, but in a community seeking his face constantly while we're doing the dishes, while we combing the kid's hair, washing the hair, whatever the case may be, just pursuing God in prayer constantly, making space for him and room with him as Shakima talked about last week, within our lives in every area of our lives, constantly, and constant pursuit of his will in everything that we do, a constant pursuit of his will, not just for ourselves, but with our brother and sister in Christ, that we seek the will of the Father constantly. And then when we do that, he knows us. He knows us, and we know him. Our names are there on those plates. And he's awaiting for us to sit at those seats and to hear from him. All he wants to do is feed us, provide for us so that we can. Sustain sustain and endure the hellaciousness of this earth as the bible talks about this whole world belongs to the wicked one how do we endure and persevere when the whole earth is filled with wickedness when we sit at the table when we come up when we sit and dine with him when he when we lay down everything else that we're doing and we say father god i put all these other things aside. I relinquish control of my life. I give you everything that I am. I submit my mind, my soul, my body, everything to you. Not my will, Father, but your will be done. And as the Bible says in Psalm 91, then he commands the angels concerning us because he knows us. The worst thing you could ever hear at the end is for the master to say, get away from me. I never knew you because you are doing all of these things in his name, but you never sat at his table. Father God, I just thank you tonight. I thank you, Father Lord God, for your word that is life, for the bread of life that you have provided this evening, the sustenance that you have given us at the table. Thank you, Father Lord God, that these women set aside time for you, God. They set aside their cares, they set aside their burdens, they set aside their children, They set aside their work. They set aside everything that was before them. And then he said, no, I'm coming to sit at the master's table, not Casey's table, because Casey wasn't at the head of that table. It was Christ. I'm coming to sit at the table with life, to eat the bread of life, to be sustained so that I can endure and then I can persevere. This thing called life. Father God, tonight, as a corporate body who have joined together, we repent before you, Lord God, for every time we allowed life to distract us from sitting at the master's table. For every time, dear heavenly Father, where you set an invitation, where you've called out to us and you said, Come. And Father Lord God, we pushed the invitation away. And we allowed ourselves to be distracted by things, people, places, Father Lord God. We allowed ourselves to be distracted by social media. We allowed ourselves to be distracted by ministry. Jesus, have mercy upon us, O oh Lord. Forgive us, Father Lord God, when we thought ministry was more important than sitting at your table. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I not only pray this for us here, but the corporate body of Christ. that, Father, we all begin to hear the clarion call, Father, to come and sit at the master's table, to eat of the meal that you have prepared for us, Father, the bread of life that you have provided for us, oh God, so that we can do this thing called life. But not do it, Father, according to our will, but your will. And your word so says, Father, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus, that I came to give life and life more abundantly. Father, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, may your sons and your daughters begin to hear the call and sit the table where you have laid out a place for them, Father, a place where you have put their names, oh God, the names that you gave them calling them before they were even in their mother's womb to come and sit at the table, to feast at the table, to come and know you, Father God, to hear your heart about your nation, about your children, your other children, to hear your heart, what you desire. God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we repent before you. We repent before you, Father Lord God, for being a clueless body, for trying to push away the head of the body, Father, Lord God, so that we can do our own thing. Pushing away our chair, pushing away our plate, Father, Lord God, to focus on other things, Father. We repent before you, oh God. Father, today we hear the call, the clarion call, to come and sit at the master's table. Father, your word says you do nothing. You have nothing to be done on the earth, Father, before you share your word with your prophet. Father, today is a call, Father, because you already know what's coming to this earth. You know what's about to hit this earth, Father, Lord God. What will bring people to their knees? And you're warning your body to sit at the table so that you don't get blown away with of doctrine, so that you don't fall to the whims of the enemy. Sit at the table, eat my bread, so that you can do what my word like so that you deceived come and sit at this table Father God I pray in the name of Jesus that all of us as believers when we get there come and sit at the table despite the things that we got going on Father God that we will put those things aside and sacrifice those things and become a living sacrifice before your throne so that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven come and sit at this table Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus. And I tear down every distraction now, every lying altar within the crevices of our soul that we have erected. The altar of success, worldly success. The altar, Father, Lord God, of children, the altar of marriage. All these altars that, Father, we have erected in our souls that we have placed above you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, may these altars be torn down. For the one altar that feeds all the others, Father Lord God, is the altar, your altar, Father God. That's the only way we can be a good wife, a good partner, a good friend, a good mother. That's the only we can do the things called life that we're supposed to do is this altar. This altar that we have for you, God. The altar, the sacrifice of praise. The altar, Father, Lord God, where you are exalted. May all those other things be torn down in the name of Jesus. We Father, may they be torn down tonight in the name of Jesus. This form of destruction that the enemy has placed in front of us, Father, to steal, kill, and destroy communion with you. We tear it down now in the mighty name of Jesus. Even our troubles, we've allowed our troubles to become altars, Father, where we sit and worship our troubles rather than take things down with prayer. Father God, tonight in the mighty name of Jesus, May your children be set ablaze to tear down every altar, every high place in our soul that has stolen our time with you, that has taken our time with you. Every false idol that we've erected, Father, Lord God, in our minds that has lied, Father, Lord God. Father, we bind the strong man tonight in the name of Jesus. You see them. You know what they are, Father. Every strong man in their lives that has attempted to bind them and keep them from you, Father, tonight in the mighty name of Jesus, just as Your Word says that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever will be loose in heaven. That Father, tonight as a corporate body, we bind those strong men. We bind we demonic strong man that has been set not to bind us, we bind it. We take control and authority from by the power of the Holy Ghost, the work of the cross. We bind the strong man tonight in Jesus' name. And we lose the power of the Holy Spirit. We lose your will. We lose your words. We loose your desire. We lose everything that you desire for us in our lives. We loose that over us today in the name of Jesus. Father God, I pray in Jesus' name that the word that we receive tonight will be sealed deeply within our hearts. And that this word will bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. That others will be able to taste and see that you are good and come to the table. Come to the master's table and be fed the bread of life. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you tonight for the power of prayer. We thank you tonight, Father, for the power of agreement. We thank you tonight. You said that when two or more gather, there you are in the midst. We thank you tonight that you are there. We thank you that, Father, Lord God, we come to your table. I Pray now, Father, in the name of Jesus, and silence, Father, and become quiet. And as the ladies begin to speak you and sit at the table, that, Father, you will begin to show them those areas in their lives that have kept them from the table. That you will begin to open their eyes and give them the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, to be able to discern and see What has kept them from the table so that those things could be torn down and put asunder in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for all that you are. I thank you for all that you do. I thank you that your word is a, your promises are indeed yes and amen. I thank you that you are a good, 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 good father. And I thank you, Father, Lord God, for your constant invitations to the table. Your word is true. You will never leave us nor forsaken. Thank you, Abba Father. And we give you all the glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Well, ladies, thank you for tuning in. I hope this episode blessed you as much as it did me. Before we depart, a quick reminder to head on over to the show notes where you will find all the info to keep in contact with Being Eve and to learn more about our guests. Make sure to let them know Being Eve sent you. Last, but certainly not least, ladies, don't forget to review, share, and subscribe. This is your opportunity to let the whole world know where we gather for absolutely free. As always, ladies, please continue to love, live, and thrive without losing the authentic you.